Welcome to the Peacemakers Podcast. This is Episode 2, and I am your host, Lindsay Hager. This show is all about showing up for the Enneagram Type 9s. So for the second episode, we're going to talk about briefly the Enneagram and just some history of it, um, and then we're going to go right into talking more about Type 9. I'm going to share some personal examples of how this is showing up in my life. Um, we're going to get to hear from one of my new online friends that I've made through my Facebook group for nines. And then we'll close the episode out um, answering the question, how does self-awareness play into our journeys that we're all on um, for growth? So, of course, with us, we're using the tool of the Enneagram and diving into learning our numbers. So I want to just answer that question. What is, what's the importance of this self-awareness and really utilizing this tool for our lives? And one last thing before we get started, if you would just bear with me, I want to talk, um, I guess, just straight to you from my heart right now, because this journey of starting a podcast, this is only episode two, and at times this is feeling like I'm pulling my hair out. Um, it all feels really uncomfortable, and I'm learning my voice, everything about my voice, how to project it, how to say things clearly, how to... You know, not want to just erase everything that I hear because I don't like the sound of my voice. It's just, it's a grueling process and it's something that I'm in it for the long run. So if the long run means six episodes, then I'm in for it. If it means a hundred episodes, I'm in for it. I want to be as honest with you as I can because I think that my honesty in putting myself out there like this is going to be really important for me as someone that's always held myself back in the background of my life and I have not pushed myself forward. I've, I have enjoyed living in the comfy space of my life. And so if you would be okay with me endeavoring into this experiment, it's something that I'm doing out of a passion and out of a drive and dream that's in me. It feels uncomfortable, but there is still that voice inside me that's pushing me to keep going, even though it's not easy. So real talk, there's going to be probably times of every episode that I have that I'm going to be talking off script in terms of not following the point A, point B, point C, parts of, of what I want you to get from the episode, but I hope that this vulnerability part of me is going to help me feel more comfortable and help me grow, and maybe it will be some sort of catalyst or example that I can provide to other people out there that are maybe wanting to pursue something that's scary but not ready to put themselves out there. So you may have heard that the Enneagram has nine different ways or nine different patterns of showing up. And if you don't yet know your type, I've put together a one-page descriptor of each of the types, one through nine. If you're not familiar with any of the numbers, this is going to be a good starting point for you. I'm also going to include some links to some online tests that I recommend. Um, there are also some paid tests 
they're all kind of going to give you like two or three top numbers, motivators of each type. Um, to narrow it down, sometimes people need to go further and, and they seek out an Enneagram coach. That's awesome as well. But give yourself some time to discover what your number is. I thought I was a three in the beginning. I thought I was a six. I also thought I was a one, which is a perfectionist. And now that I know I'm a nine, it makes sense that those other numbers would have shown up on my assessment. But I think it it takes some time. I mean, you may read through and be like, oh, this is me. I have no question. And, And it might totally be you. But I've talked to people that they might think there's something for a couple of years before they realize actually maybe they were just in a really unhealthy space. Maybe they're going through a lot of stress in their life during that time. And so after that time has passed and they're getting to know themselves in a new way or different things are happening, they they realize that they were mistyped. So give yourself some time. Um, I wanted to provide that sheet for you. It's free. Just go and click on the download Um, You don't have to offer your email or anything. It's just a resource that I put together for you. So the Enneagram is a personality typing system. And many of you may have heard of like the Myers-Briggs typing system or the StrengthsFinder. And the Enneagram can be categorized in that same sense of learning about our personality traits and characteristics and how we're showing up in the world. So how are we showing up through ways of thinking and feeling and acting? But I think the unique aspect of the Enneagram is that it focuses on those unconscious motivators. And so a lot of people are finding more resonance with it because maybe they've lived throughout their life similar to me that they know they have these patterns that they just are continually um, living through. But they, one, they might not know, like, am I the only one that lives through this? Is this just unique to me? Or they've been trying and trying and trying to work past it and it's just something they can't seem to get over the hurdles of those parts of their personality. So the Enneagram has been around for many years. Um, It even dates back to ancient Egypt and certainly the modern Enneagram. It holds philosophies that are in line with the Christian faith and Buddhism and Muslim faith and also Judaism. The heart of this Enneagram um, is really that universal insight that human beings are spiritual presences and we have this inner spirit that is actually a um, like an embodiment of our creator. And maybe you don't come from a faith background or maybe you do, but I think it's a fairly widely accepted viewpoint or belief that We all have some part of us that is like the deep down core of who we are. In the book, The Wisdom of the Enneagram, they describe this spirit or this, you know, this true nature as our essence. One thing it says is, if we can stay in the present, in our discomfort, we will also feel something that's arising in us something that's more real, it's capable, something that's sensitive, exquisitely aware of ourselves and our surroundings. Um, So like there's this something that's deep down in us and what they call it, it's the I beyond the name of the personality um, or it's without personality and it's our true nature. So I'm not going to be getting too philosophical in this podcast or Even though I have um, a Christian faith, I'm not even coming at this through the lens of Christianity. I totally value those Enneagram coaches and people out there that are taking the Enneagram and pairing it up through the lens of their faith. 
There's a lot of meat and value that we can find just by using this tool and applying it to our lives and getting to know ourselves and just bringing more of that self-awareness so that we can show up in the world more of, of our full selves, our true selves. And, you know, whatever religion or faith you have, we're all kind of living life in a way that is informed maybe by those teachings that we believe. But ultimately, I think we just want to bring love to others. We want to be um, the best we can be. We want to be loving to others. And, and there is a commonality among, you know, most of, of these teachings and faiths that are out there. So I want to give you my description that I've pulled together from different sources of the peacemaker, the type nine. So the peacemakers are receptive and good natured. Um, we are supportive. We seek union with others and the world around us. We don't like being judgmental towards others. We're fairly accepting. And most of us would say that we're easygoing, or most people would say that about us, that we're easygoing. Um, and we can just bring like a calm presence to the room that we're in. Now, often I am projecting that calm presence outward, but I'm not feeling that calmness inside me. And I'm learning that a lot of times that's because... Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, I think it was The Art of Growth, and they had a type 9 panel, and somebody in that panel said, we nines have learned to absorb the anxiety of the room. It's like I'm feeling that tension or that emotion, and, and I'm just bringing it right inside to my body. So everyone else around me is, they're like, oh, you just seem so calm in that situation, like you just handled it so well, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was dying inside trying to hold myself together or, you know, swallow my words. Because of our desire to avoid conflict, we um, minimize things that are upsetting. Someone might come in and tell us there was just a three-car pileup out in the front yard and somebody has run into our mailbox and I'm the one that's like, all right, well, it's going to be okay. Is everybody safe? And maybe I'm thinking at that moment, oh gosh, this is horrible. Or, you know, maybe I am really like, this is going to be okay. But somehow those emotions that most people would be like projecting outward, somehow that's going to catch up with me. And I am going to feel that later on um, if I'm not feeling it right there in the moment. It's like I go into this autopilot of protecting myself and trying to bring calm to others in those situations. And then it could come out later on through me just needing a long nap or it might come out through me snapping at my husband or my daughter or I might just get kind of quiet for a few days. And all these things are happening like without me being super conscious that I'm absorbing it and reacting in this way. We're going to talk extensively through the podcast about what that looks like and how to slow ourselves down and how to learn new ways of expressing ourselves and being more in tune with with our bodies. But I just wanted to give you a quick example of how often we're just on autopilot and it's just happening without us even thinking. One great thing that I love about nines, we have a gift for helping people. Um, we can make connections pretty naturally. Um, we may not love the big crowd of people, but when we're one-on-one -on -one and um, with people, we have this ability to make others feel comfortable and we can see all sides of an issue. We can see different people's points of view. So they may be telling us something that we've never even considered, but 
because we kind of have a sixth sense of empathy and understanding, um, we can start to see, you know, how people arrived to a decision that they made in a situation or that how they may have felt um, different ways in different parts of their life. So that's a really great quality that we have that's unique to the type nine. A big part of diving into the Enneagram and in your number is looking at the childhood patterns that each number has. And so we are going to focus some on our childhoods and not to do any deep digging, but really just see some of those childhood messages that we may have received. A website that I use, 9types.com, it's from the authors Baron and Wagel. Enneagram Made Easy. They say that nines as children are often can feel ignored and that their wants and opinions and feelings are unimportant. They tune out a lot, especially when others argue. Um, They're good children. They deny anger and they keep that anger to themselves. So I can see some of this in myself, definitely. Just the sentence, they feel ignored and that their needs and wants and opinions are unimportant. It wasn't that my family was trying to ignore me by any means. It's just, you know, the circumstances of being the youngest child. You know, a lot of families I've met that have three or four kids and the youngest child is is just along for the ride. Often the youngest child seems to be kind of the easygoing one and go with the flow. You know, they're being pulled into the van to go to the soccer game. They're, They're being woken up early in the morning to go for the softball tournament they're living in a different reality of what the oldest child did when they were born or the middle child. Even thinking about my daughter, um, she's an only child and the world that she's growing up in is having the center of our attention, the center of every moment. She can't get away with anything. We're, We're watching her like a hawk. I'm sure that's pretty smothering to her, by the way. But being the youngest child was also just a gift to me. Uh, my sister, a shout out to Alicia because she made my bed for me. She cleaned my room. She taught me to tie my shoes and to swim. And I remember times that I would be playing Barbies in the floor and I would leave to go to the bathroom and come back and she would have cleaned up everything for me. I didn't have a lot of needs or wants that I even was in touch with. And I don't understand the psyche and how a person's type or personality is developed, you know, on a grand scale. But I'm just kind of supposing that, um, you know, those are some ways that I may have gotten those messages that I was ignored or that, you know, my needs weren't important. So I want to share with you, we have a Facebook community for Enneagram 9 Stories. That's my Instagram and that's our Facebook community just for nines. And a lady that's in there that's become an online friend of mine. She lives in the United Kingdom. And she and I had an interview a few weeks ago. And I asked for her permission to use part of her story. And so I just wanted to share this with you really quick because she's talking about her experience as being a type 9. The anger part of the 9, when do you see that come out for you? Well, do you know, that was a funny thing. That was the most resistant thing about nine that you know I was horrified when I found mm-hmm. out about anger because I felt like that's not in me at all and, mm-hmm. and a lot of people that know me would say but you're not an angry person the reason for that was because I grew up with a father that was extremely angry mm-hmm. um, and I was very frightened 
And so I've always been frightened of people's anger if they're shouting mm. around, don't like it. So I avoided it. And also I thought that if I feel angry, it's going to mean that I'm the same as him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that, you know. Yeah. But since then, I've had to work on it. And um, yeah, gosh, I I do recognize the anger. And a lot of the anger is about feeling like I'm invisible. Yeah. You know, a lot of those experiences of being somewhere and being part of something, but then you're the one that's actually forgotten. There was one time in school and we all had to put things into a box, a time capsule to be buried in this new building foundations. And I was there with the teacher's verse and they called every person in term to come and put their things in and then forgot about me, you know, and that was like typical. Um, Mm -hmm. And that I found got me into an incredible kind of rage inside about it. Like, why am I not here? When When I was a child, it was it was something I did, I think, to keep myself safe. I thought I put a cloak of invisibility on myself um, keep safe like walking through a room with my dad in it Uh, then later on it felt like the cloak had got stuck and I couldn't get it off uh, Um, and it and it just made me mad that people didn't experience me as being present when I was like fully there I'd fully shown up I was excited I was ready to contribute and then the message was you're not here How are you showing up in your life? Are you holding back? Have you felt at times that you've been invisible in the room? Do you feel like you avoid conflict? The Enneagram 9s that I'm talking to, we definitely all have this inertia. We feel like when we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going strong, we can stay focused. And then as soon as we stop, it can take us a good three hours to get up and start back again or even sometimes days it can take to find that motivation to get going again. And that's been the story of my life, this dance of trying to find ways to conserve my energy so that I can give my full energy to something that I know that's coming up, or maybe it's that I know something that's coming up ahead of me that I am not looking forward to, and I, you better believe that's the time I'm taking lots of naps and just feeling like, oh no, I just, it's like, the life is being sucked out of me already, and I haven't even gotten to the thing that I'm perceiving to be hard. I just hope that something that you've heard today has resonated with you. I mean, I wanted to give you um, more of an overview of the Peacemaker, and, and we're going to go more into um, the wings and the triads, and we're going to look more at the other numbers and you know how they interact in our lives and how we how knowing those numbers will improve our relationships and in the way that we show up for them in their relationships. So I'm just super honored that you have joined me here. And to answer my question that I earlier posed regarding self-awareness and the Enneagram, um, you're probably seeing. And what I'm learning is that as we're seeing this growth of the Enneagram, through Instagram and through the internet and you know if you're living in Nashville you have lots of conferences to go to and workshops. Enneagram is not new but it's becoming new to the masses. It's becoming commercialized and you know like it's the glitzy thing to do right now but ultimately what it is doing is it's bringing self-awareness to us 
it's already improving my relationships, not only with myself, but with my family and with my husband and daughter. It's helping me see the way out of these patterns that I've been struggling with for a long time. And it's helping me be more patient with others and more loving towards others. And and isn't it like kind of the best time, you know, with all the discord we have in our country and in our world, isn't it a really great time for us to find some commonalities and find some just core understanding and acceptance of each other and patience for each other on our journey. So I'm just really excited for this tool and looking forward to many more discussions just like this through the podcast. And then um, would love for you to also find me online through Instagram and the Facebook group and join us over there. We're going to talk more about some of these questions and things that have been brought up today in the episode. I am honored that you're here and I just hope that you'll stick around as we are on this journey together as Enneagram Type 9s and you heard me mention my Facebook page called Enneagram 9 Stories and it's dedicated specifically to Type 9s on the Enneagram and and I just want to thank Helen for being willing to let me use part of her story today. That is going to be a regular um, kind of feature that I do is through Enneagram 9s that I'm getting to know using clips and stories, just different tidbits that they share with me that I, I think would be valuable for all of us. So I've mentioned a few resources. I've talked about the wisdom of the Enneagram. I've talked about some websites and authors, and I'm going to list all of those in the show notes. I'm also going to be giving away a book um, that you'll see in the show notes. It's called The Essential Enneagram. And if you are interested in getting this book, it's just a great little tool for you if you're still trying to figure out your number or just want to take another look at all the numbers. The Essential Enneagram written by David Daniels and Virginia Price. I'm going to be doing a drawing for this book and then I'm going to be offering a little pocket journal going to be giving away one of those. So if you click on the link to sign up for the book or to sign up to win the journal, you'll click right into my website and just give me your email address and that'll sign you up for this contest. This contest is only available for right now when this um, podcast is coming out. So towards the end of March. So we'll give a few weeks for people to sign up. But if you're listening like 100 episodes down the road, which is would be fabulous. The contest is probably going to be over by then. So if you're interested in the book or that pocket journal I mentioned, just check it out in the show notes. You'll have all of that information. Another shameless plug, and um, as an Enneagram 9, not the best self-promoter, but it is apparently a big deal to get some reviews on your Apple iTunes account especially on the first day of your podcast coming out. And so if you've made it this far, you are my best friend out there. Go on iTunes, leave me a review, show me some love. If you liked it, just tell me what you liked. If you didn't like it, then tell me what you didn't like, I guess. That's okay too. So a big shout out to a few people. I feel like I'm giving my Oscar acceptance speech. And so here we go. I want to thank my husband, Jonathan, for the beautiful music he's put into my podcast. And he's a music guy, so he's he's loving doing that. And then my editor, Erin McLeod, has been awesome to work with. My daughter, because she desperately wants to play Twister with me. Now that I'm done recording this episode, I can go and play Twister with her. So she's going to be super duper excited. 
Um, lastly, I want to thank my uh, my brother, Eric. He's been my life coach, kind of like my business life coach, keeping me on track. Last but not least, my podcast coach, and her name is Lindsay Ann Gold. Lindsay Ann lives in the United Kingdom, and she and I met several years ago through a personal development journey we were on, and she has been incredible, um, helped me get my podcast up and running in six weeks, and um, I wouldn't be doing this right here if it wasn't for her, so shout out to her. I'm going to give her a big shout out in my show notes, and check her out. If you're interested in starting a podcast, she's been so encouraging and amazing, so All right, guys, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you in episode three.